0: We're all souls having a human experience. That experience is a journey, and each journey is unique. It's through our experiences that we come together and unite. Join soul-led author, podcaster, Reiki practitioner, healer, teacher, and sheep renewer, Kristen Aurelia, as she shares insights, wisdom, and knowledge with listeners. This show is dedicated to understanding the complex layers of human behavior. Each episode will continue to illuminate pathways and spark soulful journeys. After all, we are all children of God, one collective consciousness trying to survive the human experience.
1: Hello, and welcome to Surviving the Human Experience podcast. My name is Kristen Aurelia, and I will be your host. I am humbled and blessed that you have chosen to be part of the SheWise family, and I am thrilled to be part of your journey. I've dedicated my life to studying, observing, and understanding the many complex layers of human behavior. My experiences, both academic and personal, have shaped my journey, pushing me to share insights wisdom and knowledge through my show literary works and through community engagement so if you are new to my show welcome I am so excited that you decided to join us this evening and listen to our show or afternoon depending on where you are Um, also I just want to share that this channel is a uniquely created space where we're going to explore all topics and all things human experience related so each episode is a little bit different and And each episode offers different content uh, because I want to uh, make sure we're sharing insights and wisdom all throughout the human experience and explore all kinds of cool things. My disclaimer for you that I have to read is this podcast is presented solely for educational and entertainment purposes. I'm a fellow human being having a human experience and sharing information and findings along my journey. The views and insights shared by myself and my guests on the show are the soul thoughts, feelings, opinions, and experiences of those expressing them. You are encouraged to research any guests that I have on the show to learn more about their credentials and philosophies as part of your understanding understanding of viewpoints expressed. I am not a licensed therapist and this podcast is not intended as a substitute for the advice of a physician, professional coach, psychotherapist, or other qualified professional. So, let's jump into this evening's topic. So, for this show tonight, we are going to talk about caring for your human. This is the first segment deeping, diving excuse me, deeper into caring for your human. We are talking about caring for the mind this evening. So, I mentioned in my previous episode that I would be breaking... Um, the podcast episodes into mind, body, and spirit. So tonight I wanted to talk about caring for your mind. So first off, I want to share that your mind loves you. Many of us think our minds play tricks on us or, you know, your mind is your enemy because your thoughts run rampant and you can't seem to control things. But the reality is your mind loves you. We just have to learn how to manage it better. So, as I um, went on my journey and I became really laden with illness um, and found my symptoms to be increasing, for those of you who followed my story, I really struggled with being able to keep my mind focused and centered in the place of healing versus allowing all of the conditions and things that were happening at that time to really get into my mind and really affect me um, and really honestly created sort of like a outlook that wasn't in the direction I needed to go. And so, um, during that process and during that time, I had to learn different tools and techniques to help me manage what was happening in my mind, understanding that your mind is not your body and your body is not your mind. And there are ways to mitigate control, not control all of those things when it came to that headspace. So I share in my book, I want to read a section of this to you called You Are Not Your Mind. Each of us have a mind, but it is not the essence of who you are. It is simply a tool that's given to you like a compass to use throughout your life. Being aware and observing the thoughts in your mind are essential parts of your self-awareness and part of the awakening experience. Embarking upon my journey, I came across many teachings and found that they helped explain how we could basically train our minds, but then also thoughts that come to your mind are fleeting and we can decide whether we're going to give power or energy to the thoughts or if we simply are going to let them come in and then release them. Pattern interruption for thoughts that do not serve your greater good is an excellent tool to help you begin breaking the cycle of being consumed with your thoughts. And that was profound for me, understanding that I could take a thought and I could switch it off and I could think something different. If I found myself going into a headspace I didn't want to be at or didn't belong in, I would simply just redirect really quickly. And doing that allowed me to get some of those negative thoughts out of my head because some of those negative thoughts are absolutely destructive and not really helping you um, achieve whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. So some things that I learned along the way, um, paying attention to actions and not words, Words can be said, but with the absence of action, words are empty, right? So you're giving power to those words. If you're hearing something in your mind or in your head, you're choosing whether or not you continue to grow that thought or whether you just cut it off and and change direction. So that was super important. Um, the power of the mind understanding just how powerful it is and that that's, you know, oftentimes can be seen as what keeps the wheels turning. It's where we see fear, regret, self doubt, um, limiting beliefs come in, but it's also where you, you know, think of exciting things, happy things, joy, um, Just all of the spectrum of experiences can happen and they can start within your mind. So you have the power to choose what you're giving your energy to. And I think that's one of the biggest things um, that I had to really learn. And that it was not until I began to allow myself to truly have faith and believe in my own power and strengthen my relationship with God that I got to witness the miracle of seeing how you can make friends with your mind and it can serve you in a way that is healthy. Um, And then you can have control of your mind instead of letting your mind control you. So observing and taking inventory of thoughts was something that was very powerful and helpful for me understanding what the quality of your thoughts are noticing patterns noticing trends noticing triggers certain things happening around you and being able to just observe them so it's almost like being an outsider in a movie you're watching it play but you're trying to see what that scene looks like or what recurring trends are happening um, I also had to learn to respect my thoughts, right? So if I saw and early on, I noticed the quality of my thoughts were not exactly where I wanted them to be. And so learning how to respect my thoughts and appreciate what was happening, not letting them get too far if they weren't in a constructive direction, but just examining them. Um, challenging some of them, right? So if I felt uncomfortable in a situation or I really started to get down on myself, I would say, seriously, like let's list some things that are positive. And so you're challenging that thought that came to the mind. Also, breathing exercises and breath work helped me as well. So, Because I'm such a type A and because I felt like I always needed to know what the next thing was that was coming. I felt like I had to have some sense of control over what was happening in my space or in my life. It was very frustrating when things didn't play out the way that I wanted them to. But sometimes I would overthink things, overanalyze things, really get myself into a rut. Because I just had this idea of how things are supposed to play out. So doing breathing exercises and breath work was extremely helpful to me because doing those breathing exercises allowed me to reconnect, recenter, and allowed certain stressors to kind of either be toned down or get rid of them completely. Um, The breath work was super helpful as well because it took me out of my mind and allowed me just to focus on the here, the now, the breath whatever uh, space I was in during those breathwork sessions. So that was a technique that I thought was very um, profound and very helpful if you find yourself in a space where you're constantly overthinking things or allowing the quality of your thoughts to really rule your life and interrupt your ability to just go through your human experience in a, in a very pleasant, very um, happy way, I would say. So some of the thoughts and strategies that I kind of, as I went on my journey, jotted down and paid attention to that I'll share when it came to the breathing techniques and breath work, um, if you're interested in considering any of those options, were to really remain open, remain open to receive to whatever comes up. being prepared to work through whatever might surface, too, because as you're doing that, you start to go through certain experiences um, that may not be pleasant, or maybe you're starting to address maybe some things that were in your past that you didn't expect to surface. Knowing that breath work is work, it's not a passive experience, so breathing techniques, that's Super simple, just requires calmness in the breath. Breath work is an active experience, you're participating, so that one is a little work. Uh, I found that journaling after my sessions, or even after doing some just breathing techniques was helpful, it allowed me to reflect on what was happening at the time in my space. Recognizing that you're gonna move a lot of energy during the breath work or during the breathing technique, so reflection is really super helpful. Um, Setting intentions as well. You know, what are your intentions? Do you have the intention to basically sit back and um, release certain things, let certain things go, shed things that aren't serving you? Are you trying to accomplish something? Are you looking to create or expand? So setting that intention so that you're focusing and you're leaving whatever was happening outside of the session that you're in, you're leaving that at the door. You're not taking that with you. You're there to give your mind that break. Um, Very super helpful and important technique for sure. Um, So the next section I want to talk about, next tool or technique when it comes to caring for the mind is meditation. This was one of my favorite ones. Uh, I found it to be a fantastic way to pull the mind out of the rat race and to really just Get rid of those intruding thoughts that were happening every day. Because I am such an overthinker, worrier, type A, go, 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 to-do list, thinking about what's going to happen next, it's hard for me, or it was hard for me, I should say. It's not anymore. It was hard for me to be able to be in the here and now and to take the time to really be in the space I needed to be in to be able to kind of just relax and let go. And meditation allowed me to do that. It gave me that calming feeling, that peaceful experience, Um, it allowed me to really just relax into things and stop having to know what the next move was going to be every time so that was very helpful Um, i always recommend that you begin by dedicating time throughout the week for your meditations try not to if you're new to it or if you're just getting into this space Try not to um, add it as something that's part of your to-do list. Make it part of a daily practice or a ritual, a sacred space for you and your self-care routine because when you're very intentional and deliberate about incorporating meditation, the benefits and the experience are going to be so much better than if you were just rushing and just trying to say, okay, it's you know time for meditation. I've got to hurry up and get it in. Guided meditations or self-guided meditations are perfectly fine, whatever you're more comfortable with. In the beginning, since I was new to meditation and I had a hard time with my mind wandering and not being able to uh, stay on task, I spent much of my time listening to Dr. Joe Dispenza's meditations on YouTube. Even now, I'll throw them in every once in a while if i just want somebody else you know his voice to be leading me through my meditation um, i will go back and select his because his were really helpful for me i also joined a uh, group that was doing monthly sessions where we did meditations as we opened up those sessions and it allowed me to just kind of get grounded and centered before we went into whatever topic we were discussing at that point in time. And I noticed as I'd feel my mind and body getting um, overwhelmed throughout the day, if that happened, I would stop. I'd put on like a midday meditation or I would do an evening meditation before bed, really just kind of gauge whatever I was feeling at that time because each day was different. Each experience is different. So it really just depended on what I was experiencing at the time. And then self-guided meditations are super awesome as well. It took a little more time for me to build up to that method, but after several months of practice with the guided meditations, I found that to be really super helpful because I could kind of create the narrative and the story of the meditation. Whether it was inner child meditations, or I would use meditations for manifestation, um, for simply just getting back to a space where I was connecting with my higher self, and so. For For those, I could use my own uh, framework to guide myself through. But again, it's really more what somebody feels comfortable with. But meditation really gives the mind a break. And I think, you know, giving the mind a break is such a powerful thing to do. So that's one of my all-time favorites highly recommend if you don't do it already jump into meditation it's where it's at mindfulness is also another part of the recipe mindfulness is another excellent way to care for your mind being present and doing maybe some breathing to get yourself there if you find that you're getting caught up in a moment or just there's a lot of chaos going on being able to be present stop slow down um, Helping you to really experience what's around you and not just miss out right because I've done a show on autopilot and a lot of us live on autopilot and when you're stuck in that autopilot mode you're missing most of what's happening in life and so uh, being mindful and practicing mindfulness will help get you back there. Some strategies there being mindful of your thoughts and emotions um breathing techniques help you get into a mindful space calling your attention to the here and now to appreciate the moment and experiences and environment that you're in engaging and activating your senses doing things like um looking to see what's around you and just kind of taking account maybe you look for something that has the color purple in it and so you're kind of spotting things that do or touching something feeling a soft fabric or maybe there's a smell that you're smelling um you know in the morning i make my lemon water and i always just take a moment to just kind of smell the lemon it just smells i don't know it just brings me to brings me to life so finding something like that to kind of grab your attention and bring you back into the here and now guided imagery works as well Uh, meditation helps you in the mindfulness space Um, taking a few moments to just be I think a lot of times we feel like we always have to be doing something and in those moments of always having to be doing something we miss out on so much that's happening. So that was important on my list. Mental health as well. That's a big one. It's one of the priorities that I say should be one of your top priorities. There's a lot of uh, mental health awareness campaigns. There's been a lot of um, light that's been shed on mental health in the last several uh, months, years, as well. You know, after the pandemic, I think a lot of people paid more attention to mental health. And when you're ignoring taking care of your mental health, it can be costly, not just financially, but mentally. I mean, you're your mind is really important to keep healthy just like we try to keep our bodies healthy the mind is the same exact way and we need to be mindful of that so some examples of caring for your mental health that I just kind of took note of along my way things to to do some really you know strategic things on my part that I used along my journey especially when I was in probably my most challenging times were connecting with nature That really helped to just be out in, you know, a good hike or to be out by the water. I love going to the beach. So that was a really big one for me. Consuming a well-balanced diet, making sure you're getting your greens in, fueling your mind because your mind needs to be fed just as much as your body. Uh, Sleep, establishing a sleep routine, really also very important. Sometimes we forget, especially if we're on the go all the time, but sleep routines are very, very important. Exercising regularly. Exercise is not just for your body. You know, you get that blood flowing and it's sending oxygen throughout the body and fueling your mind and giving you a, a chance to really just kind of get that exercise in was super helpful. Feeling and expressing your emotions. Pushing them down, hiding them, never serves anybody. So, being able to feel and express them really important. Finding hobbies you know, what do you like to do? We can't just work all the time. We can't just, um, take care of the kids or the spouse or the significant other. You've got to find areas of interest that intrigue you and keep your mind happy and healthy. Honoring your emotions, not beating yourself up for them. Real, real important there. Incorporating some downtime to relax and recharge in your schedule. Another key thing that I think a lot of us don't do, we try to pack too much in to too small of amount of time Um, so being able to incorporate that downtime really important journaling managing your stress levels meditation i love my meditation as you can tell nourishing healthy relationships so finding time to set aside to share with others Practicing mindfulness. Seeking professional help. It's okay to do that. There was such a stigma for so long, but seeking that professional help, not not going it alone. There's no need to. Um, There's too many resources available out here. So knowing when it's time to ask for a little extra help is perfectly acceptable and definitely should be done. Self-care. Self-love, setting boundaries. I've talked about boundaries in previous episodes, but that's another huge one. Um, Taking a break when you need it. I think too often we push ourselves too hard and we forget to do that. So that was another, uh, another item on my list. Being still and sitting with yourself is also another key aspect to consider. Again, we all move. We move very quickly. Um... Sitting still with myself was not the easiest thing for me. That took me a long time to do. People keep t- kept telling me to do it. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. I don't sit still. When I'm sitting still, I'm freaking out because I'm thinking of the hundred things I need to do. But some of the questions to consider when doing that is, do you take time to process what's happening? Like, are you processing what's happening in your life or are you just going through motions? How are you feeling? Are you feeling your feelings or are you just doing what you need to get done and and keeping, you know, keep going. You keep moving. You don't take the time to do that. How do you view unexpected curveballs or events in your life? Are they big disasters or do you just say, oh, that was interesting and you just take it for what it is? I mean, how are those things being handled? Are you addressing those things or are they stored in your body somewhere because you just didn't, um, didn't take the time to process what was happening? What's going on inside of your mind? Are you aware of what's going on inside of your mind? Or are you simply letting it run your life? And why do you feel and react the way you do? I think it's interesting because we get so used to saying, well, that's just the way I am, or that's the way I was raised, or that's the way I was brought up, or that's what I was taught. But why? Like, do we ever really stop to think about that? Is that how you want to react? Is that how you want to be? Is that what you're looking to do? Because a lot of times we just do things because we do them. doesn't mean that we necessarily... Um, want to do them. It's just become an automatic thing for us. It's become something we do and just, it is what it is, but it doesn't have to be that way. So that was, uh, something I really had to sit with on that one because I just got used to routines and doing things the way I did because that's how, you know, my family did it or my mom did it or the teacher taught you or the kids taught you or whatever the case might be. But that's one that's really kind of cool to sit and reflect on. Challenging your thoughts throughout this process, super key. Just because we're all unique and our experiences are different, that is going to be the reason that makes you say, oh, this might be different for me than it was from the person next to me. So it's important to um, find out what your own limiting beliefs are. Figure out if they're central themes. Sit with yourself and really dig deep and unpack why you're feeling or reacting the way you are. And doing something, doing this sometimes reveals that you're holding on to maybe some misconceptions, misinterpretations, or maybe you needed to just reframe what's happening in your mind. But challenging your thoughts allows you the space to do that, but honoring your thoughts is equally as important. So whether um, you need further introspection or you need to acknowledge certain things, you still need to honor and respect them and not beat yourself up about your thoughts. So again, being still and sitting with yourself was on my, my list of things I um, did to care for the mind. And then also the drama created by trauma. That was another thing that I, uh, that I looked into as well on my journey. So left unchecked, trauma can create a spiraling effect in the mind. This is true. Traumatic experience in life are nearly unavoidable throughout the human experience. If they're ignored or left unaddressed, these traumas can hinder the brain's ability to process both the trauma itself and future life experiences. I wrote about that because that is very true. So if we have not addressed those traumas and we just continue to allow life to happen and continue to go through um Later we will pay for it because eventually they're showing up somewhere, whether they're going to show up in your relationships, in your physical health, they're showing up somewhere. So we want to make sure we're addressing our traumas. So with that, we're going to take our next break and we'll be back to finish talking in just a moment.
0: Light up your world and discover the key to surviving the human experience with Kristen Aurelia. Navigating through life can be a monumental task. Listen each Tuesday at 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 radio network for all things to help you navigate your journey here on Earth. Help, healing, light, and wisdom for all. Join Kristen on a magic carpet ride and discover the secrets to surviving the human experience and become She Wise. In
2: Kristen Aurelia's latest book, Recreation Surviving the Human Experience, she shares a journey of a woman who embarks on a mission to heal the physical and emotional damage, as well as the trauma that has plagued her for the better part of her life. She shares her story in the hope that others will begin their journey to find their personal truth, move closer to the light, discover, and live out their intended purpose here on Earth. Recreation, Surviving the Human Experience, is available for purchase on Amazon, Audible, iTunes, and SheWisePublications.com.
0: Calling all authors. Have you been considering an audiobook?
3: SheWise is your gateway to sparking soulful journeys and illuminating pathways in spiritual, healing, and self-help realms. SheWise Publications stands as a beacon for those seeking to share their voice. Beyond the pages in print, the heart of SheWise Publications beats with a passion for helping others connect to their healing journey. Together, let's navigate the complexities of the human experience and discover the threads that bind us all and become SheWise. For the full journey, visit SheWisePublications.com and SheWiseApparel.com. Journey to the Awakening takes you on a journey through many revelations of a child growing up in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, uncovering what really happened behind the white picket fence and how this continues to plague future generations. The book reveals, in a very riveting way, the details of multiple past generation secrets. Learning to walk through and not attach to the past will help guide the reader to beginning their own journey. Available for purchase on Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. For more information about Denise Clare's works and upcoming book signing events, visit SheWisePublications.com.
0: When we arrive on this earth, our soul is housed in a body that body needs to be nurtured with love and care. In Kristen Aurelia's latest books, Caring for Your Human, You Only Get One Body, and Practical Tools and Techniques Workbook, she explores ways to care for your mind, body, and spirit. She shares her wisdom gained along her journey in hopes to assist others in proactively caring for their human. Because after all, we only get one body, and it's meant to last a lifetime. Caring for Your Human, You Only Get One Body. And Caring for Your Human, You Only Get One Body practical tools and techniques workbook are available for purchase on Amazon and SheWisePublications.com.
4: This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe. Relax and enjoy. Let life flow. All
1: right, welcome back. So we're talking about the drama created by trauma. So I'm going to just read a section from the book here. Unaddressed trauma can be all consuming. Energetic blocks can be stored in the body, throwing the alignment of the being off stress levels and the mind's ability to process events can become distorted. The central nervous system can become overburdened, causing extra stress and dysfunction on the nervous system's operation. Essentially, trauma can launch an all-out attack on the mind, body, and spirit. The good news is it does not have to be all-consuming if you have the proper tools and techniques to address, manage, and heal what has occurred. Although the events or traumatic experiences can't be erased, there are ways to minimize or reverse the damage. That I think is important. I think a lot of times we just look at events that have happened in our lives and we say it is what it is. But the key is to let go, to detach from all that's binding you to the experience and emotions associated with that traumatic experience or event. It's easier said than done, but it's necessary to preserve your mind. You don't want to keep replaying the same nightmare. Just like you wouldn't want to keep watching the same scary movie that scared the living life out of you as you're sitting there watching it. Why would you want to continue to play a story or a narrative that is harming you? It's keeping you in a fear-based space and the goal of living is not to live in fear, right? So we need to we need to address those. Um, some examples and techniques that I share in the book about um, addressing trauma included being patient with yourself, breathing techniques again, breath work, educating yourself especially on the trauma you experienced, exercising forgiveness, incorporating shadow work, joining and attending support groups or sessions, journaling, meditation, mindfulness, seeking the um, support of formal therapy, self-care, self-love. Work with a professional who specializes in working with trauma. That will also help because if you've got somebody who knows what you're going through and can help you through that process, that's what they specialize in. So sometimes realizing we need that support from outside, it's perfectly fine. It's it's something we all, you know, at some point in our lives can benefit from and it may not be today, maybe it's tomorrow, maybe it's years from now. but. We all are going to eventually go through some form of a trauma that may require that support. Making peace with yourself and abolishing the negative self-talk is another um, area that I explored and focused. So I write a little bit. I'm going to read from you here to you. After observing and taking inventory of your thoughts, you should have a pretty good idea of what's going on in there. You may have noticed yourself saying things like, well, that was stupid of me. I look fat in that outfit or no one is going to like me. Think about this. If you're constantly feeding your mind these thoughts, why on earth would you expect to believe the opposite. What you are saying to yourself is way more important than what others think of you. When you speak negative self-talk into existence, you're reinforcing limiting beliefs. Reinforcing these limiting beliefs creates a narrative in your subconscious that impacts your mind, body, and spirit level. It also feeds into feelings of anxiety, panic, and even depression. As a result, this can elevate stress levels and affect your self-confidence and self-esteem. This is the exact opposite of what you're trying to accomplish when caring for your mind. So I wanted to share that because I think that's important. So make peace with yourself. Become your friend. That's what it's all about. Some examples that I share in the book about abolishing negative self-talk include becoming an observer of your self-talk, being kind to yourself, being mindful and aware of your thoughts and self-talk, be mindful of who is in your inner circle, challenge the negative (laughs) self-talk. Um, Challenge the negative self-talk, elevate your frequency, engage in activities that boost your self-confidence, identify things you love about yourself, incorporate affirmations, pattern interruption, practice positive self-talk, practice self-love, replace negative thoughts with positive thoughts. The next thing that I wanted to share with you about caring for your mind is self-confidence and self-esteem. So it all starts with you and your thoughts of yourself. That is where a lot of this begins. So if you don't believe in yourself, how in the world are others supposed to believe in you? That was something I had to sit with and think about. If you don't believe that you are worth your weight in gold, why would anyone else? That was another profound thing I had to think about. Realizing and accepting the responsibility to build and manage my self-confidence and self-esteem was something that I really had to grasp because I think oftentimes we, um, we leave that in the hands of others, right? We sometimes don't really dig deep enough to realize it is you and you alone that's responsible for your self-confidence and self-esteem people can say whatever they want to say to you but it's your job and your duty to manage yourself your mind your thoughts all of those things and so in doing that some of the examples and techniques that I came up with for building self-confidence that I found helpful along the way were affirmations setting the I am's that was really truly helpful had lots of I am's had them on my uh, mirror in my bathroom. I had them all over the place. Boundaries, right? So a lot of times I think that we tend to be, um, In my case, a people pleaser. And so being a people pleaser led me to a space where I was constantly always um, trying to say yes to everybody. And I realized after a short period of time that saying yes to everybody else meant saying no to me because I had overextended myself and didn't really have space for myself. Um, Celebrating your accomplishments. Really important. A lot of times we accomplish things and we just keep moving and we don't get a chance to celebrate ourselves, but it's okay to celebrate yourself. For those of us who feel awkward doing it, it is really okay. Challenging negative self-talk, we've talked about doing things you're good at. Engaging in behaviors rooted in self-growth, establishing self-care routines, stop comparing yourself to others, surround yourself with healthy and positive people, take care of your body, and take care of your mind. So those were um, among my top list of items for building self-confidence. For the building self-esteem, Some of my examples that I share in the book include being your own biggest cheerleader. We're always looking, well, not we, there are many who look outside of themselves for validation, but you need to be your biggest cheerleader first and foremost. You are the one that's with you for your entire life. Celebrating your successes, challenging limiting beliefs, encouraging yourself Getting enough sleep and rest to feel your best. That's really important because a lot of times I think that we don't do that and we need to do that. Identify and replace negative self-talk. Joining support groups to help build your self-esteem. Practicing meditation. Practicing mindfulness. Spending time with yourself and trying new things. There's nothing like trying something new and finding out you're good at it that will, you know, totally change your perspective of self and help build your self-esteem. Another aspect of caring for the mind, uh, especially for for me, this one was a challenge, was surrender. Learning how to surrender. Um, And in saying that, meaning we oftentimes feel like we need to be in control. But for me, it was giving up that control, releasing that control, giving it to God, and allowing um, God to handle the things that I couldn't. Just, or that I didn't feel confident in handling, realizing that if I'm always trying to st- stay a step ahead, I'm missing out on so much stuff. And you're existing in survival mode when you're doing that. And I realized that I needed to just literally... Give it to God. He's going to handle it. He's going to take care of it for me. The moment that I surrendered was a total eye-opener for me. I went from finding myself trapped in a cage where life just kept passing me by. And I was at everybody else's beck and call to having a sense of freedom um, that didn't exist. I, I literally... Was trying to be the orchestrator of my life. And when I began living according to God's plan and my purpose and fulfilling my mission, things started falling into place. So, surrender was super awesome. We talked about affirmations. That was another one for me. Some examples if you're new to affirmations um, I am calm. I am capable. I am healing and getting stronger every day. I'm healthy. I am love. I am lovable. I am strong. I am worthy. You can come up with any combination, as many or as few as you'd like, but creating those affirmations, the I am part helps you to really own what you're saying. Some of the benefits include um, assisting with concentrating to achieve your goals, overcoming self-doubt, boosting your motivation and self-esteem, breaking patterns of negative thoughts, focusing on self-improvement, generating inspiration, influencing your subconscious, and reinforcing positive thoughts. Another area, and I could do a whole show on this one, is watch your diet. And I am not talking about nutrition. I'm talking about everything you feed your mind influences you, both consciously and subconsciously. Being mindful of the things you're feeding it and exposing yourself to is really important to caring for your mind and creating a healthy space for it. So I talk about in the book, I share, if you're burdened by messages that outwardly or subliminally promote fear, hatred, negativity, or other unpleasant emotions, you may feel the effects in your mind and body. Many marketing strategies are designed to move the viewer to act based on motives of the messenger. For this reason, it's essential that you're conscious of what your what subjects and what you are subjecting your mind to, and the exposure over time can have long-term effects. So in saying that, in today's world, we're bombarded by so much information. It's the news, it's social media, it's conversations at work, it's conversations at home, it's conversations in public spaces. Um, there's so many places that are, are feeding and sharing your mind. Um, just the information that's flowing in, It's Overwhelming at times. And some examples that I came up with of sources that are feeding your mind. Education programs, the environment you're in, events and life experiences, identifying with certain experiences or behaviors, movies, music, news, opinions of others, organizations, clubs and groups, political views, religious views, social media, socioeconomic views, who you surround yourself with and the ideals that they hold, your work environment, All of those are examples of places that your mind is being fed information. So being aware of what you're hearing and using some critical thinking to either agree, debunk, or just kind of, okay, that was interesting, and letting it go. Um, Because that exposure, again, it's going to have an impact on your thoughts and your feelings and your emotions and your reactions. And sometimes you'll mull things over in your mind. So again, just taking note of where the sources of information in your diet of consumption of information is coming from is really important. I found that as I continued to walk upon my spiritual journey, that there were certain spaces I chose to remove myself from because I realized maybe they weren't serving my higher purpose or my greater good and they weren't doing anything that was helping me. They were hindering me. So I chose to remove myself from certain spaces, but I also chose to put myself in newer spaces. So doing that and really just taking inventory, I think is really key feeding your mind um, food, actual nutrition. Some examples of food that are going to support your mind or have been known to, uh, or, or I should say, <laughs> we've seen in different research studies and things of that nature that support the mind um, include berries, healthy fats and oils, leafy greens, nuts, teas. Some examples of supplements that I found helpful to support the mind on my personal journey were magnesium, omega-369s, vitamin. B's, uh, 9, 12, vitamin D. Everybody's different. Of course, you need to consult with a physician or um, health specialist when you're making the decisions on what foods and which supplements work for you. But those were just a few that were working for me. I battled with brain fog a lot throughout my health journey. It was new and scary to me. I had no idea what was happening. So because of that, I thought on many instances I was like losing my mind. I thought I was getting dementia. I just thought some very wild things as I was getting uh, getting sicker and sicker on my journey. And so one key piece of information. Um, that I didn't recognize was the decline of hormones, too, happening in my body. And so as, you know, women are reaching early menopause or just going through any types of changes, um, it's important to be aware of that and make sure that you're talking to your healthcare professional or finding the support you need through that as well. I found medical medium protocols I used them a lot I thought they were great I absolutely loved them so that was another really big tool for me love my celery juice in the mornings my 32 ounces of lemon water I do the heavy metal detox shakes all of that good stuff um, journaling also getting things out of your uh, brain and onto paper so that you have an opportunity to take a break and to do a brain dump really quickly. That's super helpful and you could do this in the form of written journaling or picture journaling. I also share those techniques in my book as well. Written journaling helped me because I was able to get the thoughts and words out onto paper and kind of release and, and allow my brain to have a break. Um, there's something about physically writing it out versus typing it out, so I like to type a lot because I do a lot on the computer, but I learned that that physical writing, it's almost like it's pushing that energy out of your body, and so for me, written journaling was really big. Picture journaling loved it, it allowed me to uh, open my creative side and uh, it also has been known to help merge your conscious and subconscious together, so that was super helpful as well. We're going to take a quick break and come back in just a minute.
3: Journey to the Awakening takes you on a journey through many revelations of a child growing up in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, uncovering what really happened behind the white picket fence and how this continues to plague future generations. The book reveals, in a very riveting way, the details of multiple past-generation secrets. Learning to walk through and not attach to the past will help guide the reader to beginning their own journey. Available for purchase on Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. For more information about Denise Clare's works and upcoming book signing events, visit SheWisePublications.com.
4: Are you searching for a way to help create global change? Dream Vision 7 Radio Network's vision is to have an eclectic group of radio hosts dedicated to educating, enlightening, and helping humankind with positive messages and tools that enhance lives using different modalities and programs. If you would like to join our team and help illuminate the universe, call Deborah at 508-226-1723 or Deborah at DreamVision7Radio.com.
3: SheWise is your gateway to sparking soulful journeys and illuminating pathways in spiritual, healing, and self-help realms. SheWise Publications stands as a beacon for those seeking to share their voice. Beyond the pages in print, the heart of SheWise Publications beats with a passion for helping others connect to their healing journey. Together, let's navigate the complexities of the human experience and discover the threads that bind us all and become SheWise. For the full journey, visit SheWisePublications.com and SheWiseApparel.com.
0: Light up your world and discover the key to surviving the human experience with Kristen Aurelia. Navigating through life can be a monumental task. Listen each Tuesday at 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 radio network for all things to help you navigate your journey here on Earth. Help, healing, light, and wisdom for all. Join Kristen on a magic carpet ride and discover the secrets to surviving the human experience and become She Wise.
2: In Kristen Aurelia's latest book, Recreation Surviving the Human Experience, she shares a journey of a woman who embarks on a mission to heal the physical and emotional damage, as well as the trauma that has plagued her for the better part of her life. She shares her story in the hope that others will begin their journey to find their personal truth, move closer to the light, discover, and live out their intended purpose here on Earth. Recreation, Surviving the Human Experience, is available for purchase on Amazon, Audible, iTunes, and SheWisePublications.com. When we
0: arrive on this Earth, our soul is housed in a body. That body needs to be nurtured with love and care. In Kristen Aurelia's latest books, Caring for Your Human, You Only Get One Body, and Practical Tools and Techniques Workbook, she explores ways to care for your mind, body, and spirit. She shares her wisdom gained along her journey in hopes to assist others in proactively caring for their human. Because after all, we only get one body, and it's meant to last a lifetime. Caring for Your Human, You Only Get One Body. And Caring for Your Human, You Only Get One Body practical tools and techniques workbook are available for purchase on Amazon and SheWisePublications.com.
4: This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe. Relax and enjoy, let life flow.
1: Thank you so much for joining me again after the break. So I'm going to wrap up. I know we've been talking about caring for the mind a bit. I have a few more um, tools and techniques I wanted to share. So guided imagery and visualization techniques were also very helpful for me. Guided imagery, some of the benefits of that. Um, that have been seen through studies are decreased pain, improved sleep patterns, modified behaviors, uh, promoting relaxation, reducing anxiety, and reducing stress. This one I enjoyed. Um, it became an immersive experience for me. You can engage in the atomic nervous system, um, and you're definitely engaging other parts of the body so that you can put your focus on the power of your mind and body to alter your current thoughts in space. So this was um, this was one I enjoyed as well. As well as uh, some examples, just to give you examples of what visualization techniques can be used, you can use affirmations, goal pictures, mental rehearsals, vision boards. I'm a big fan of vision boards. love my vision boards. Um, Also, um, some more visual technique. Benefits are assisting in achieving your goals creating opportunities to practice and rehearse the real deal So that you know if you've gone through a narrative enough times eventually you're ready for it to be the real deal I know a lot of athletes do that when they're preparing for their sports um, and their big events increases confidence increases performance and reduces stress Rewiring your brain. That's another thing that was super cool for me um, as I was going through my journey. So I had a lot of challenges with um, comprehension, cognitive function, brain fog and it freaked me the heck out. I didn't know what to do. So I spent a great deal of time learning how the limbic system plays a role in the neurological functions, and I discovered that the limbic system could be, retrained, could be trained. And so um, for me, I had actually used Annie Hopper's dynamic neural retraining system, which was a lifesaver in the space I was in at that time. I didn't know what to do and where to go, but I knew I wanted to do a lot of the stuff myself And so some examples of techniques to rewire your brain that I learned along the way is becoming an observer of your thoughts, breaking your normal routines and patterns, challenging your thoughts and limiting beliefs, creating a picture journal, creating new memories, energy work and energy healing techniques. Hypnotic therapy, incorporating meditation into the daily routine. I I think you're probably seeing a trend here. Meditation and mindfulness are high up there as well as the breathing techniques. And then learning new skills. Learning new skills was good because it allowed me to keep my brain active, engaged, and um, threw me off from my living on autopilot that was going on. So traveling and creating new experiences was another Good one for me, trying new things and activities and working with a therapist to work through any challenges. So that's always an option. Like I said, if you need help and support, that definitely is always a good one exercising the mind was another key thing I point out changing up some of the ways to do that changing up your routine to break the autopilot cycle Um, I would do things like drive a different way to the grocery store or drive a different way to drop my kids off at school just to kinda keep my mind sharp and functioning crossword puzzles learning new languages playing an instrument um, reading solving mathematical equations starting a new hobby And then we talked about the taking different routes to work because, again, work, travel, um, grocery stores, wherever you do, whenever you're traveling, try something new and different. Resting the mind is also important, especially for those of us who are overthinkers and overdoers and all of that jazz. So for me, resting the mind was something I really had to put a lot of effort into because it was kind of uncomfortable and not um, my natural reaction i would say in life so i really had to get comfortable doing that so some of the things that helped me in doing that were breathing techniques getting proper rest immersing myself in nature listening to calming music instead of really hyper music because i am a very hyper person meditation sitting by the ocean and listening to the waves sitting by myself and doing absolutely nothing another hard one for me to do um, taking a break or vacation from your daily routine, unplugging from electronics, another really hard one to do because we're all so plugged in nowadays, and yoga. Yoga allows you that calm Zen space to really just kind of connect into yourself and your body. Awareness was something else that was key along the uh, journey of caring for the mind. This allows So many opportunities, so it it allows you to create what you want, address unhealed parts of you, identify challenges before they present themselves, living authentically, opportunities for course correction if you feel things are going in the wrong direction, releasing control, slowing down, and surrender, of course. And then mind self-care. You know, we have self-care. It's a buzzword that's used. People are talking a lot about it, but you do need to do some mind self-care where you're honoring and respecting your mind. I share in here that your mind is a sacred space. It's a space to remember and to create. Observing, processing, and challenging your mind are all healthy ways to interact with it. Honoring and respecting your mind is a very important part of caring for your human form recognizing that your mind does not control you but can be an amazing part of you makes all the difference care for your mind just as you would care for your skin hair and body often we forget to pay attention to the parts of us we can't see do not let your mind be one of those parts it's a precious gift and a part of you that holds the key to so much of your human experience nurture it rest it and implement some form of mind self-care that works for you So with that, thank you for listening to this episode of Caring for Your Human. This is the part where we're talking about caring for the mind. The next episode, will talk about caring for the body. Again, thank you for joining in today. I'm so glad we have this opportunity to share this hour together. And until next time, be well and stay she-wise.
0: This wraps up today's episode of Surviving the Human Experience with Kristen Aurelia, the show where all things human experience related come together and are explored. Join us on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 radio network. Episodes will be archived on the Surviving the Human Experience Dream Vision 7 Radio Network website page and will also be accessible at SheWisePublications.com. That's S H E W I S E Publications.com.
4: This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.